It's amazing to me how many people desire to grow in their walk with God, regardless of where they are in the journey. So they ask for more faith. Many people pray for it. Other people say, if I come to church, maybe I'll just serendipitously get it. However, the scripture is very clear about how we get more faith. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God as Romans chapter 10 verse 17 reminds us. So our prayer for you as you hear this message is that your faith would go from where it is to where God intends it to be. Grow as you hear this word. Hallelujah. Can we give Jesus a praise in this place? Oh, come on, let's do better than that. Can we give our Lord and Savior Jesus a praise that is worthy of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords? Hallelujah. What a mighty God. For those online, don't you let your house and your living room and your bedroom keep you from giving God the glory. The Bible says that God dwells in the midst of the praises of his people. That means, listen, that means that the house that you build for him is contingent upon the praise that you give to him. So one more time, can we give Jesus praise for being your healer, your helper, your sustainer, your mind regulator? Come on, has he been a bill payer? <laughs> has he been a comforter to anybody? Well, let's just give him glory. Find somebody near you. Just give him a little high five or something. Say, you know, be careful. Don't touch him. Uh, something, something. You know what to do. Social distance with him. But amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. It's so hard these days to figure out what to encourage people to do uh, and be socially distant at the same time. You all, what an awesome, awesome time in worship. Can we give God praise for our praise team? And what a blessing they are. Come on. Our music ministry has just been such a gift to us. As we prepare for the word of God today, I, I, I don't think that there's any subject uh, more important, I know every Sunday it seems like I say that, uh, than this one today. So let's pray and ask God's leading. God, we love you and we thank you that your words are spirit and they are life. We pray, Holy Spirit, that you would be the teacher. We cannot learn unless you teach. We pray that you would open our ears and open the eyes of our understanding that we would be able to comprehend what you would say. And God, we pray that at the end of this time together, we won't give any praise to a person. We won't give any praise to a place. But we will give the praise and the glory where it belongs. And that is to you, our Lord and Savior Jesus. For someone who's listening now, whether in person or online, who is far from you for whatever the reason. I thank you that you're not a judge. You're not judging them, but you love them. Would something be said? Would something be felt? Would something be heard that would draw them closer to you? That is our prayer. And it's in the name above all others that we pray. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen. You are, we have been in a series uh, on the subject of soul winning. And as I've mentioned in the past, I grew up in the Baptist church and soul winning uh, to God be the glory was a big part of my upbringing. But for the most part, I regulated soul winning to telling somebody about the death of Jesus, the burial of Jesus, the resurrection of Jesus, the second coming of Jesus, that Jesus loved them and died for them. And then I would invite them to say a prayer. 
And in that prayer, they would simply say, I believe you, Jesus, as my Lord and Savior. I'm trusting you and only you to, to deliver me, to save me. And then they would say, in Jesus' name, amen. And at the end of that, I would say, praise God, your soul has been saved. Now, I do believe that many people who have prayed that kind of prayer have been saved. I believe that some of those people were earnest. Some of those people did believe it in their heart. Some of those people confessed with their mouth in line with, they, with what they believed in their heart. But in retrospect, you all, uh, I believe that many of those people uh, prayed that prayer for fire insurance. In other words, uh, I would ask them, are you sure you're going to heaven? Are you 100% sure if you die right now that you're going to heaven? They said, no, man, I, I got drunk last night. Uh, I, I, I got, I'm high right now. You know what I'm saying? I, I got some chick in the crib. I don't even know her name. You know what I'm saying? I don't think I'm going to heaven. So they would pray that prayer out of fire insurance. Uh, if, if, if I can pray a prayer and be guaranteed that I go to heaven when I die, then let me pray that prayer. And you all, I don't believe that that is what authentic winning of a soul is. I believe that it has to be a lot deeper and a lot more intense. And so we've been talking about you all, if the Great Commission, how many of y'all have heard the, the term Great Commission? Okay, some of y'all have not raised your hands, that means you've not heard it. The Great Commission is basically the Great Commandment of Jesus. When Jesus left the earth, he gave the church, that means you and me, he gave the church, it's not a building, it's the people, he gave the people a task, a, a commission, a commandment. He says, I want you to go into all the world and tell them about me. That is the Great Commission. As a matter of fact, he said to the disciples, I, I want you to become fishers of people. I want you to become fishers of men and of women. So the mission of the church is to help people that are far from God get closer to God. Uh, part of it is us being discipled. That's what we're doing now, learning and growing. But, but the biggest part of it is that God wants the world to be saved. Amen. But you all, in that desire for the world to be saved, uh, we got to understand how to do that. Amen? How, how do I do that? What, what, what methods do I use? How do I understand uh, the process of that? So we've talked about uh, what constitutes a man or a person, right? Uh, we said that we are made of the dust. Uh, man, man's body was made of the dust, and God himself, unlike any other part of creation, breathed into man's nostrils the breath of life. And at that moment, the Bible says that man became a living soul. Uh, I love my, uh, my daughter's dog. She's got a golden doodle. Uh, her name is Trisket, and she is beautiful. Uh, but Trisket does not have a soul. I know, I know. This is going to grieve somebody. going to be, wait a minute now. You mean to tell me, you mean to tell me that my dog is not going to heaven? I'm, I'm not going to stand between your dog and your cat in heaven. All right, I'm not trying to mess you up. Uh, I just know what the Bible says. The Bible did not say, that, and God breathed into a dog the breath of life. He didn't say, and God breathed into an ostrich the breath of life. Those were living things because God made them. But the only part of his creation that had a part of his, listen, eternal nature was man. He breathed into man, the, his nostrils, the breath of life. And at that point, watch this now, man got a soul. So flesh, body, soul, the breath of God. And then, because man, before the fall, was sinless, he also possessed the presence of God. 
He had God's spirit as a part of him, all right? So he was what we call tripartite, body, soul, and spirit. Are you following this? The moment that mankind sinned and disobeyed God, we believe that Adam and Eve disobeyed God in the garden. They did, they did what God told them not to do, and God said, the day that you eat of that tree of the knowledge of good and evil, at that, that moment, you shall die. Now, you all, they lived hundreds of years long, so he was not talking about physical death. He was talking about what? I just wonder when I ask y'all questions, do y'all, if you know it, then like, like, like open your mouth and like answer it. I mean, I know you're not used to that because church is always one way, but I just think we need to sometimes be a little more interactive. You know what I'm saying? All right. So, so, so at the moment then that mankind sinned, uh, at that point, he was separated. She was separated from God. Why? Because God is holy. Why? Because God is pure. Why? Because God is perfect and God cannot have anything near around him that does not reflect his nature. Are you following that? So from that point forward, mankind was no longer tripartite, but dichotomous. He was no longer body, soul, and spirit, but now just body and soul. Are you following this? And so the part of us that connects to God, the part of us that can understand the things of God, the part of us that can do the will of God, uh, that was extracted from us. So man born in the image of his father and mother uh, uh, kind of took on the nature of our parents. Have you ever met some, uh, <laughs> have you ever met a kid that didn't look nothing like either one of the parents? Or, or only looked like, you know what I'm saying, you just kind of said, huh. I wonder what happened there, right? Uh, because we, we end up taking on the characteristics of our parents, right? If your parents got big ears, you're going to have big ears. Uh, you know, one of them going to have big ears, right? And so spiritually dead Adam and Eve had spiritually dead children. And they're all of creation. The Bible says we were born in iniquity. We were shaped in sin. Each and every person that has ever been born since the days of Adam and Eve have been born in sin, born separated from God. Well, wait a minute, Pastor. How can you tell me I'm separated from God? How can you tell me that I am sinful? Let me tell you why. Because I've said before, you have to be taught to do what's right. Your first inclination as a child is to lie. Did you take that? No! Come on now. How many of y'all have ever seen a kid lie? I mean, cute, cute, as a, cute as a button, but a liar, right? You know why? Because their nature is sinful. You got to tell them, don't lie, be kind, be nice. If, listen, if the nature was holy and righteous, you'd have to tell them, now you need to be mean sometimes. But because our nature is sinful and our nature is fallen, we have the propensity to sin. And because of a sinful nature, mankind is separated from God. God is in heaven and God is eternal, which means that mankind, listen, if you're listening, who does not have God in your life, it is impossible to believe that you can spend eternity with a God who is holy, who is perfect, when you know that you are not holy and you are not perfect. 
Now, I know you're looking at me talking about, wait a minute, you think you're perfect? You think you're, oh, no, 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 no. As a matter of fact, I know I'm not perfect, and I know I'm sinful, but guess what? I have a Savior that is taking care of that. <laughs> oh, I feel it today. I'm going to teach the teachers in the room. Let me just say this, by the way, you all. It's important sometimes to get some teaching. You know, we've been shouting ourselves to hell. We've been shouting ourselves into all kind of stuff that don't bring us any revelation of truth and any deliverance for real. It's time to be taught so that we can be who we need to be and help the next generation be saved and be able to give an explanation for what we believe. It cannot just be, I just know that I know. No, we need to explain what you know. Because we got young folk that are smart. You better be able to say something to them. <laughs> All right. So, so mankind separated from God. So we've been talking about now uh, the part of, uh, of, of, of each part of, of these parts of us, the, the flesh. We talked about the flesh already. We talked about the soul, right? And we said that the soul, since it's in the image of God, also has three parts. It has a mind or the ability to think or reason. It has emotions, the, uh, the place where our feelings are housed. But it also has our decision-making uh, part uh, or our will, all right? And so watch this now. The soul of you is the eternal part of you. And watch this now. So everybody's going to live forever. The question is where? So I want to talk from the subject in the 21 minutes and 44 seconds I have left. How to get your mind right. Come on, somebody. Tell somebody next to you, neighbor, get your mind right. Come on, look at somebody else who looks like they need to get it right. Tell them, hey, hey, you, get your mind right. Uh-huh, you know they need to get it right. Uh-huh, uh-huh. How to get your mind right anybody want to get get a right mind anybody want your mind to be right anybody know you ain't always in your right mind <laughs> come on now come on hey, anybody know that the good that you want to do you don't do and the stuff that you can't stand that you find yourself doing paul said oh wretched man that i am who would deliver me from this duplicity of nature you all, I believe that all of us want to get our mind right. But watch this now. If the mind is housed in the soul, then it means that the only way to get our mind right is to get our soul right. And the only way you'll get your soul right is with something more than your flesh. Because your flesh, the Bible says, is at enmity or at war with God. And so if you're, listen, if you are only two parts, body and soul, flesh and soul, it means that your mind is always going to be governed by your flesh. You ain't got no higher power to call on. And you can't rehabilitate a dead thing. So, uh, turn with me if you don't mind. Uh, well, let, let's, let, 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 well, I got it. I'm going so many places. I got so much to do. Uh, turn to Titus chapter 3. Titus chapter 3. Titus 3. Some of y'all don't even know that there's a book called Titus. Y'all like, Titus? Titus? I knew somebody named Titus on the east side. Titus. <laughs> Titus chapter 3. 
And as you're turning to this, you all, I just want you to know, and I've said this before, that if the Bible is an issue with you, uh, then you will have an issue with this whole sermon. Because we believe that all of our life, all of our uh, doctrine, all of what we move and go forward on is connected with uh, the scriptures. And so if we believe the scriptures, then we believe that that gives us direction for what to do and how to live. All right. So Titus chapter three, verses three through seven. I'm reading from the amplified version. It may read different than your translation. Listen to what it says. For we also were once thoughtless and senseless, obstinate and disobedient, deluded and misled. We too were once slaves to all sorts of cravings and pleasures, wasting our days in malice and jealousy and envy, hateful, hated, detestable, and hating one another. Watch this now. But when the goodness and loving kindness of God, our Savior to man, appeared, he saved us not because of any works of righteousness that we had done, but because of his own pity and mercy by the cleansing bath of the new birth or regeneration and renewing of the Holy Spirit, which he poured out so richly upon us through Jesus Christ, our Savior. And he did it in order that we might be justified by his grace Another word for his favor, holy, undeserved, that we might be acknowledged and counted as conformed to the divine will in purpose, thought, and action. And that we might become heirs of eternal life according to hope. Man, that's a good scripture. It says in this text, you all, that, it, and I love how he talks about this, that he's talking to Christians now. He's talking to people who are not dichotomous, but who are tripartite. He's talking to people who don't just have body and soul, but body, soul, and what? Spirit. He says, at one point in the past, when you did not have the Holy Spirit, when you did not have God's presence, you know what you were? You were thoughtless. You were senseless, you were obstinate, you were disobedient, you were slaves to pleasure, to your flesh, envious and hateful, hating other people. Here's the question today, how do I know whether or not my soul is saved? How do I know whether or not I'm controlled by God's spirit or not? Here's the question, are you thoughtless? Are you misled all the time? Do you find yourself craving natural pleasures? Do you find yourself unable to have self-control? Do you find yourself hating people? Bible says that that's, he said, I love, he said, that's who you once were. But when the goodness of God to man came, he saved you, he saved us, listen now, not by your righteousness or your works. Listen, you all, the salvation of God has nothing to do with your work. You can never earn it. You could never get it. You know why? Because on your best day, the Bible says, listen, all, all of our righteousness are nothing but filthy rags. Now, you all, I don't know fully this, but it's been said by some commentators that filthy rags uh, back in those days were minstrel rags. 
That means on the day that you felt like you were good. Pastor. On the day that you felt, I didn't cuss nobody out the day I read my Bible and I listened to Joyce Meyer and I was listening to Kirk Franklin. On that day, menstrual pad. Your righteousness and my righteousness stacked up against the holiness of God is nothing but a filthy rag. Mankind cannot be holy without holy making us holy. That is why the Ten Commandments, Ten Commandments, how many of y'all ever read them? Did you get depressed? Because they were not ten suggestions. They were ten commandments. Don't ever lie. Don't ever want something that ain't yours. Man realize when God says, this reflects my nature, do it. We could not do it. The law revealed humanity's incapacity to please God. God's word reveals your and my inability to do what God wants us to do. But here comes Jesus. (laughs) Born like you and me, but not. Fully God and fully man. And obeyed all of the commandments as a man. (laughs) And then died, rose again, and said, now guess what, y'all? I know y'all couldn't do what I did. But I'm going to give y'all what I got so you can do what I did through me. Oh, God in heaven. So that when you do it, you won't get arrogant or the big head because you know you wanted to cuss them out. But I was in you. Uh huh. You wanted to get drunk, but I was in you. You wanted to lay up somewhere, but I was in you. You wanted to be unforgiving, but I was in you. And the greater one in you caused you to do what you were incapable of doing on your own. Hmm. Hmm. And so you all, the, the text is letting us know that it's watch this now. And this is the part of it I want y'all to really see because uh, it's the most important part. Look, look what it says in verse uh, five. It says, he saved us, not by our righteousness, but because of his own mercy, cleansing by the new birth. Watch this now. And renewing of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit is the one that regenerates. I want you to put on the screen, if you could, this, the Greek word. That I, that I want you all to learn. Y'all, y'all, can be, y'all can be smart. Y'all can go back and tell people, I, I learned stuff at my church. Mm-hmm. Regeneration is only mentioned twice in the New Testament. And, and the word in the Greek is palingenesia. And it, it, and it really means, you all, listen, you all, to be made, the, the, the definition is, it means the impartation of eternal life. Regeneration is the impartation of eternal life or rebirth. In other words, you cannot rehabilitate a dead thing. You cannot 
you cannot, you cannot try to uh, resuscitate a dead thing. You cannot add something on to dead stuff. The only way for you and I to now experience the presence of God is that we must be regenerated. And that regeneration, according to what we just saw in Titus, happens through the Holy Spirit. Are you following this? You cannot be reborn or regenerated separate or apart from the Holy Spirit. That means that you cannot self-help your way to regeneration. You cannot decide to uh, meditate your way to being regenerated. You, you, you cannot uh, get around spiritual people and by association be regenerated. Well, I went to church. Well, that don't make you regenerated. Uh, I, I got a Bible at my house. That don't make you regenerated. I watch Christian television. I, I'm listening to you now on the internet, pastor. That does not make you regenerated. Regeneration is a work of the Holy Spirit when you decide to believe in the one who allows the Holy Spirit to come and that is Jesus Christ. Jesus said I must go away but when I go I will not leave you without a comforter he will be one just like myself oh I love it so the moment that you accepted Jesus you know what happened the moment that you accepted Jesus I told you before you got a value meal uh-huh some churches teach a false theology that you only get a couple of pieces of God but when I go to McDonald's and I get a number one, I want a sandwich, I want a side, and I want a beverage. And when I drive away, you better give me those three things because in the value meal is all three. In Christ is the fullness of the Godhead. When you got Jesus, you got the Father, and you got the Holy Ghost. Mm -hmm. You ain't got to tarry for something you already got. If God is one, then you cannot say, I got Jesus, I ain't got the Holy Ghost. And don't tell me that the evidence of his presence is speaking in tongues. Because a lot of folks speak in tongues and don't speak to me. That is not the evidence. I got to keep going. All right. So... So here we go now. I need y'all to hear this now. So, because so, we got, we, we, we got to, we got to get this. So, getting your mind right is connected to the work of regeneration. And regeneration, you all, is based on four things, four facts that I want to tell you that all of us need to do. Let, let, put these. I, I want to ask you some questions. I want to ask you some questions. Here's some questions. I just want you to to, to answer. Here's some questions. Do you believe that you will die one day? Do you believe you're going to die one day? Have you ever met somebody that ain't died ever? I mean, you met. I'm not talking about what you read. I'm talking about you. Yeah, okay. Secondly, do you believe in life after death? Do you believe that there's a place called heaven? Do you believe that you will go there when you die? On what 
do you base that decision? <laughs> if you believe that you're going to die, and you believe that there's life after death, and you believe that there's a place called heaven, and you believe that you will go there when you die, you want to go there when you die, if you believe that you believe you're going to go there when you die, on what are you basing that assumption? Can I give y'all some scriptures? <laughs> All right, Ezekiel, just listen to it. I got time to turn. Ezekiel chapter 18, verse 20. Just write it down. Ezekiel 18, 20. The soul that sins, it shall die. So here's the question. Have you ever sinned? Then that means your soul is dead. I'm going to go to heaven when I die. Your soul is dead. Romans chapter 3, verse 23. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. So you all, if we know that all of us have sinned, and we know that the soul that sins shall die, and we're not talking about physical death, we're talking eternal death, and that is separation from God for eternity. If we know that, then how do you believe that your sinful life and your sin-filled soul is going to just end up in heaven? Fact number one. Because of sin, our souls are dead to God and the things of God. Heaven is one of the things of God, as well as all that he intends for us on this side. So you all, if, then the, if you believe that the soul is eternal, and if you believe that you have sinned like all of us have, then my question is, what has made your soul so different that it gets to now go to heaven sinful? I don't need God. I don't need all this Jesus stuff. I don't need the church. Good. Okay, fine. You got your opinion. But you, you, you agree that you're a sinner. I'm a sinner. You agree that the soul that sins, it will die. But yet, all of a sudden, you now all of a sudden have made the leap that you're going to heaven. Um, I submit to you this. You must be born again. You, you must be born again. We, we must be born again. This ain't something just for you. We must be born again. Uh, uh, that's the second fact. You, you must be born again. Turn to John chapter 3. John chapter 3, verses 4 through 7. Y'all going to let me preach it just for a second. I, I, I know I got my clock. I'm trying to be mindful. I'm trying to be so good. I really am. I'm, I'm doing okay, but I'm not. John 3, verse 4. So Nicodemus is a, is a ruler of the law. He's a Pharisee. Uh, uh, and the Pharisees always tried to trick up Jesus, but this guy was really seeking him. And he was so afraid of what his colleagues would think about his question and his inquiry. He came to Jesus by night. And when he came to Jesus, he said, listen, I, I know that you are a great teacher. I see you doing these miracles. What must I do? Watch this now. What must I do? Nicodemus, one who knows the law, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What must I do to go to heaven? And this is the response that Jesus gives to him. Verse 4. He says, he said, no, Jesus says, you must be born again. You must be born again. And so uh, that's what I just said to you. Remember I just said, now you got to be born again. L look at this one Nicodemus says. Uh, excuse me, Jesus. Uh, how can someone be born when they're in their 50s? 
How can they be born when they're old? Nicodemus asked, uh, surely they cannot crawl back up in their mother's womb. That's what he said, and be born again, because that's what he was thinking. He said, how can you be born again, born again, born again? I got to find my mama and crawl back up in her womb and be born again. Jesus answered, verily, verily, uh, I tell you, truly, I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of heaven unless they're born of the water and the what? Spirit. Watch this now. Flesh gives birth to flesh. But spirit gives birth to spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying, you must be born again. He is not talking about physical birth. He is talking about spiritual birth. He says that that, that is flesh can only connect to flesh. And that that is spirit connects to spirit. He says you must be born of something other than flesh. You must be born of spirit to connect with spirit. You cannot connect with God who is spirit without spirit. You must be born again. Listen, you all, uh, it is the most difficult thing for most people to simply accept the gift of salvation. You know why? Because it seems too easy. How many of y'all ever met somebody uh, that offered you something you too, too good to be true? Like, no, 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 that ain't gold. That ain't, that ain't gold. It's a true story, true story. I'm, I'm in uh, Home Depot. Uh, I don't know why. I, I don't do nothing in the house, but I was in Home Depot and trying to look like, I, you know, hey, give me, give, me some, uh, give me some of them tools. I don't know what I was doing. Uh, anyway. I'm leaving out uh, Home Depot, and uh, this guy, I don't know who he was, uh, he was with his family in a van. He said, I need, I, you know, I need, I need some, uh, some money because I'm out of gas. Eh, I said, okay. He said, uh, please, sir. He was from, he was from uh, the Middle East. He said, uh, please, uh, sir, I will give you this ring. It is gold. When I looked at it, it looked like it was gold. I said, no, man. He said, no, this is my father's ring. I must give it to you. It is gold. Uh, I just want you. And I gave him some. I, I said, listen, man, I'm just going to get it. So he said, please take it. It is gold. I kept it in, in my car, right in my little glove compartment for about three weeks. I said, when does this go? And I went to the pawn shop over on Gratiot. Oh, I did. You've been there. Don't look at me like that. You've been there. You've been there. You was there yesterday. Don't look at me like that. And I went in. Listen, I'm telling y'all, I, I knew it was payday. Man, this thing looked real. And I went in there and they said, sir, this is worthless. I had been hoodwinked. I had been tricked by this person. And for some people, that's how you view God. And that's how you view the things of God. It's too easy to be real. And God says, listen, you cannot earn a gift. The moment that you earn it, it loses the designation gift. He said, God so loved the world that he gave you his son. You ain't got to work for him. You ain't got to earn him. You ain't got to do nothing but just receive him. And that might be why you have it, because you can't believe that somebody would give something so valuable without you having to do something. But God has given us, given us, given us the gift. Anybody grateful for the gift of salvation? Oh, hallelujah. Fact number three. Eternal life is not just for when you're dead. 
Sometimes you think, okay, now that I've gotten saved, or now that I've gotten Holy Spirit, who is now, watch this now, saved my soul, saved my thinking, saved my emotions, and therefore saved my decision making. You cannot save your decision making unless your mind has been changed. You cannot do different unless you think different. And you can't think different without a whole overhaul of your thought patterns. Some of y'all have been thinking that you can't make money. Some of y'all thinking that you are limited to where you can go by your educational attainment. Oh, I feel Black History Month. I'm so grateful for great, great grandmama who didn't have an education and didn't know how to read and didn't know how to write, but knew how to bend her knee in prayer, knew how to work. And listen, because of what they did, we are standing on the shoulders of giants who in the midst of unbelievable turmoil and suffering and unbelievable strife, they did the supernatural. Why? Because their minds were right. They didn't have TikTok, but they had Jesus. They didn't know how to tweet, but they had the Holy Ghost. Y'all better realize that the people in the past, they didn't have cable, but they had a connection. We got everything and we ain't got nothing. We got everything and we ain't got nothing. I'm so grateful. That our four parents were able to do the unthinkable. And you know what led them to do it? While they were out picking cotton. Up above my head, I hear music in the air. Swing down chariot coming for to carry me home. The last thing they should have let them slaves do is learn how to read the Bible. The last thing they should have let them slaves do was learn how to get a hold of God. Because the moment they got a hold of God, the limits went off. The limits went off. And I came today in the name of Jesus to remove the limits off of your thinking and move the limits off of your life and move the limits off of your dreams. Do you think you can be out of debt? Do you think you can own your own house? Do you think you can have your own business? Do you think you can own your own building? I don't care how old you are. I don't care what the doctor said. Who is God? <laughs> oh, I feel it in here. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost in here. You better start getting your mind right. Don't you let your mind be regulated by what your doctor said. Don't you let your mind be regulated by what your bank account is saying. Don't you let your mind be regulated by your skin color. Don't you let them, your mind be regulated by your zip code. Don't you let your mind be regulated by your circumstance. Jesus is Lord. He can do all things. <laughs> It's not just, it's not just for way down the road. <clears throat> Romans chapter 12. Verse 2, listen to this, listen. Don't be conformed to this world. Don't be fashioned after it and adapted to its superficial customs. But be transformed 
be changed. Watch this now. I want to be changed. Lord, I want to be changed. Oh, I want to be How? By the renewal of your mind. I submit where you are is where your mind is. As a man or as a woman thinketh, so are you. You think things will never change, they never will. Well, I just don't seem to get a break. Every time I try, I seem I make one step forward and 12 step back. Every time I try to pull up, somebody pulling me back there. Said I got a light bill due. Even got a gas bill due. Telephone disconnect. Waiting on my next paycheck. Oh, Pastor Wowsy Wowsy Woo Woo. Enough of your whining. Enough of your complaining. Do you know whose child you are? I'm just curious whether or not Prince Charles' kids are wondering about their future. I'm just wondering whether or not Meghan Markle's kids are wondering about their future. I came to tell you they're not worried about it because they know who mama and daddy is. And can I tell you something? Mama and daddy, uh, Meghan Markle and all that are not greater than Jesus of Nazareth. God is your father. God is your daddy. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and the people that's in it. What does it cost you to believe? Let me finish this. I'm finished. I, I got to finish. Turn the lights up so I, they can see me. Turn the lights up so they can see me. Let me move back. It's COVID. What does it cost you to stop being negative? What has it benefited you for every day of your life to have a narrative of what somebody else or your situations have prescribed for you? What has it benefited you to have every day of your life be filled of I can't and I won't and nobody will? What would it do for you today if you have God to shift your thinking and to say, you know what? It's time to renew my mind and get my mind right. And the Holy Spirit who dwells on the inside of me is able to give me the mind of God. I wonder, is there anybody here that wants the mind of God? Is there anybody here that wants the limitless mind of God in your life? If you believe it, would you give God praise in this building? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. You listen, y'all. I'm gonna say something. How many of y'all have ever walked into a situation and you knew that what you were walking into was impossible? But God, you walked in 
with your jacked up credit you walked in with no money at all and you said I want that car I want that house and you walked out with keys Have you forgotten that the same God that did that will do it again? What makes you think that this new mountain is any different than the other mountain that God brought you over? I came to tell you he's the same God today, yesterday, and forevermore. Mm -hmm. So it's not just for heaven. But getting saved and getting the Holy Spirit to be involved with your soul, watch this now, it'll break a soul tie. Have you ever been tied to somebody? Uh-huh. Tied to somebody and you couldn't let them loose. Yeah, I'm going to take this chair here. You, you, you tied to them. And no matter how much you try to move, you dragging that other relationship with you. They left you long time ago. They ain't got nothing to do with you. They, they listen, they done died. Or they done met somebody else. They got children and a family of their own. And here you go still dragging them. Is it any wonder you ain't able to move with any kind of alacrity? Is it any wonder that you can't move with any kind of speed? Because you tired. You tied to something. God can break a soul tie. <laughs> oh, is there anybody here that can be a witness that God will break a soul tie? Somebody thought they had a hold on you. Oh, but the Lord got a hold of me. And when the Lord got a hold of me, I was able to let go of your hold on me. Oh, my God. I don't know who I'm talking to today. I don't know who I'm speaking to. But I come against every demonic soul tie. I come against every demonic connection. I come against every root workup. I come against every voodoo workup. I come against every spell, every hex that's been placed on you. You are the redeemed. You are the bloodline of God. Uh-huh. You don't know it, but some people, some people, the Bible says that control is as the spirit of witchcraft. Have you ever been in a controlling relationship where the power dynamic was that you needed them? You need me to eat. You need me to pay your bills. You can't do nothing without me. You ain't pretty without me. Don't nobody want you but me. That ain't nothing but a spirit of witchcraft. But he whom the Son sets free is free indeed. Is there anybody here that's been set free by the power of the Holy Ghost? It's not for goosebumps. It's not for shouting. It's for deliverance. It's for deliverance. It's for deliverance. Be free. Be free. Be free. Last. The last fact. 
Verse 15 of John 3. Whoever believes shall have eternal life with God. The last piece of getting your mind right is a mind and a soul that has been able to make the decision for God. Listen, that decision will last for eternity. No other decision you ever will make in life will matter 500 years from now. But that decision, who I'm going to work with, who going to be my boo, what career, what car, what house, 500 years from now, none of those decisions will matter. Do you remember when I preached about Lazarus and the rich man? In heaven, you will still be thinking. Because the Bible says he was talking and thinking. Telling Lazarus, go dip your finger. But he wasn't telling him. He was telling Abraham, tell him. Go dip his, dip, dip his finger in some water so I can, I can cool my tongue. Which means that there's feeling in eternity and there's thought in eternity. Watch this though. But there is no decision making in eternity. The only part of the soul that has the ability to decide is on this side. So choose ye this day who you going to serve. Serve yourself and when you get sick Ask yourself to heal you. Serve yourself. And when you get depressed, ask your depressed self to help yourself. Serve yourself. And when you run out of money, ask yourself to sustain you. But I submit today, is there anybody that's ever called on Jesus? And when the doctor said no, Jesus said yes. <laughs> is there anybody here that when you wanted to lose your mind, you wanted to go crazy, but God was a mind regulator? Is there anybody when the money ran out, you went to the store with $8.32 and left out with three bags? Come on, anybody been there? Everything was on sale, two for one, three for one. Come on now. Why? Because when God is in your life, when the Lord is in your life, and when you choose him, he will choose you. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Mm. God, on this first Sunday, we are mindful of your death, burial, and resurrection. God, we are so humbled that your word informs us it teaches us and shows us the way God our prayer is that no one who heard this message would hear condemnation who can condemn matter of fact all have sinned so who can throw a stone because all of us have sinned our prayer is that somebody who has heard this message today would say you know what I answered those questions 
And when I answered them, I came up with the solution. I don't know how my soul in its current state could get to heaven. I know my soul is not right. I know I do wrong. I know I'm evil. All is sin. So how can a sinful soul get to heaven? Thank you, God, for giving us an answer in your word. That even though the soul that sins shall surely die, thank you that you said in your word, whoever believes in you shall never die. Our soul shall live for eternity. And so, God, I pray now for someone that is in the midst of a decision. That you would give her, would you give him the courage to say yes to you? Not yes to me, not yes to a church, but yes to you. And God, I pray that the, the will, the part of them that has the ability to decide would today choose you. Choose you. Because you chose them. You love them. And so my brother and sister, if you're listening right now and you would be honest about the condition of your soul, I'm far from God. I don't even remember a time that I've ever said, Jesus, I, I surrender my soul. I surrender my will to you. If you don't remember doing that, I want you to do that today. But pastor, if I do that, how do I know something going to change? By faith. By faith. Well, I can't see it. Well, faith is the substance of what you can't see. You got to believe when you don't see. One of the great things about having heard what you just had a chance to experience is that your faith has gotten stronger. There's no way that you could have heard this message and your faith has not been increased. But where do we go? How do we move from faith to faith? The Bible is very clear that if you have not really made the greatest decision of your life, which is to become a Christian, you've really missed the great joy of the journey. So wherever you are, if you would like to have a personal relationship with Christ, do what the scripture says. Call upon the name of the Lord and you can be saved. Pray this prayer. Lord Jesus, I acknowledge that I'm a sinner. Forgive me of my sin. Come into my heart. I receive you now as my Savior and as my Lord. I'm trusting you and only you to direct my life in Jesus' name. Congratulations, wherever you are, that means that you have become a believer. For those of you that are already believers, your faith is now stronger. Don't be merely a hearer, but be a doer, and let's change the world. If you just prayed that prayer, you have an opportunity to reach out to us, and we would be honored to serve you and help you in your journey. Uh, please contact us at area code 313-871-FORT, or please visit us on our website, Citadel of Faith. Dot org. That simply spells C-I-T-A-D-E-L of faith dot org. All one word. We would love to hear your testimonies. We would love to hear your prayer requests. Know that you're in a partnership with us and you're not in the journey alone. Let's change the world together one person at a time.